This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 5, Red Level Clearance. And let's start off with an announcement. The next bonus episode of Series 5 is coming out this weekend. If you listen to the first part of Kashmir's Betrayal, you should definitely hop on and uh, grab the second part because it is a doozy. Yeah, uh, it will be coming out this weekend. Uh, it is part two of the story that happened during the time jump that we witnessed in episode one. The, uh, you know, the stuff that happened that made it so Kashmir's not around no more. <laughs> So definitely be on the lookout for that. That'll be dropping this weekend, like I said. And uh, with that, let's move on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 5, Episode 4, SeaTac. Nothing nothing like uh, upgrading to breaking into an airport uh, to put you guys on edge. And no sweat. Yeah. Actually, uh, you guys came up with a plan and executed it uh, pretty quickly, actually. You guys covered a lot of ground uh, in that one episode. It was impressive. It was it was fun to watch everyone uh, working together really well and and. I, I think you guys executed your your plan pretty well. Even when you suddenly realize, like, oh, no, we have to split up. Uh, you know, you sent Boomer out, and then Boomer came up with a really clever way of still getting into the uh, restricted area. Uh, yeah, actually, I was a little impressed with us as well, not to sort of <laughs> pat ourselves yeah, on the back. Yeah, we're pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think it comes a lot from kind of what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, which is... Um, you know, we trust you to not screw us over, or if you do, you're going to balance it out. And then also, I I know that I trust everybody around the table to make the smart decision um, and, you know, not, not go rogue. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of like a really important thing to do as a player, in my opinion, uh, that when you're confronted with an obstacle that you have the time to prepare for, um, that you don't overthink it or you don't sit there and uh, come up with every conceivable plan and then like pro con all of them so that you absolutely make sure you pick the most optimal approach. Yeah, I'm a really strong believer in that. Like you definitely need to make a plan. You can't just like walk in and be like, cool, I hope it works out. Yeah, you have to make a good plan too. Like uh, the first good plan that you come up with, uh, you know, don't don't look too hard at it because things are going to go wrong anyway. And you only have so many RPG hours in a given week. uh, And I personally can't stand it when... um, I spend all of my hours one week planning what I'm going to do the next. Yeah. And, and it can be fun, uh, like coming up with a plan, but I think the, the thing that makes it fun is if you pick a plan and then fine tune it as opposed to spending countless hours trying to pick a plan first before you even fine tune it. I think, you know, like you, like you said, as soon as you, 
like the first good plan you have, just get everyone on board and and then just start like figuring out how to make that one plan work. Plus, if you spend all that time talking, it gives the GM a lot more time to think about what could go wrong. Yeah. Well, honestly, um, when I'm sitting there as a GM and the players are uh, chatting through their plan and trying to fine tune it, um, you know, we've we've like we said, we've we've talked before in the past about like. When you're sitting in the GM seat, you know, you you want to find those moments where you don't want to pull your punches. And when you do want to pull your punches, like that's important because otherwise there's no tension in any of their decisions. Um, but what I typically do is when I plan out something like a job, I don't actually th- spend too much time concerning myself with how you guys will do it. Because I, that's your job. It's your job to figure out how to succeed, not mine. <laughs> um, but when you guys pick a plan and you start talking through it with each other, um, I'm, I'm usually a proponent of uh, you know, behind the screen you're listening. And I think the first thing you should do is you should try to think of how their plan could succeed. Uh, and, and then once you kind of like figured out like, yeah, no, I think that actually might work. That could work if they do it this way. That could work if they do it that way. Then I think you start moving on to thinking about what pitfalls there might be or what cool twists you could throw in. Um, not tailoring your defense to make their plan not work, but instead trying to find ways to challenge them within the framework of their plan. Uh, that, that's like the best way to, attack your players as a GM and make things difficult without actually making them feel like it was unfair. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, some people really hate sharing anything with their GM and having like any table talk because they feel like their GM is going to, you know, take it and use that against them um, because they've revealed what they're going to do. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hate it when, uh, when my players are like, Oh no, we can't talk about it because Tommy will hear. Uh, I feel like I'm doing my job incorrectly if they're too scared to talk through their plan around me because like, like I said, first thing I want to think of is like, how can I make their plan work? And, and within that same vein, if they come up with a plan that I think is like hands down not going to work, especially if it's like for like in world reasons, like there's like a law to this universe that like they're they're forgetting about. Like I always try to find ways to hint to them that like this plan they've come up with is going to fail and they should reconsider. Um, it, it helps in this particular instance because I do have Bryn around. So if you guys <laughs> were like, yeah, I think we could just like charge in guns blazing to SeaTac and like just blow a charge on the door and just get down there, you know, just smash and grab. Uh, Bryn would have just gone, no, no, you're not going to do that. I don't support this plan. Um, But, you know, you don't always have an NPC around who is like an authority figure who can tell them no. So ultimately, I think it trust needs to be universal around the table in these kind of situations. And And it can make for this really, really satisfying session where you guys quickly threw around plans, picked one, thought how to execute it, and it all went pretty well, even though there were a couple complications. Like, Boomer had to sneak into SeaTac on his own, <laughs> and he pulled it off. As soon as he... I, I didn't... I thought he was just going to be out for the session. I was for sure. Like, oh, he's gone. No. <laughs> and then he was like, I still have NarcoJet. And I was like, you're a genius. I love this plan. Go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm a softie. I like it when my players succeed. It makes it that much more sweet when they can't. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's enough chatter for, uh, for words with the GM. I want to know what your favorite part was. Oh, man. 
Uh, there were a lot, uh, because like you, like you said, like we were kind of a little bit of, uh, of the all-star team this time around, everything went really well. So like as a player, it was really satisfying. Um, but if I had to boil it down, I think my favorite moment was, uh, this weird moment where you were like, Hey, if no one from your flight crew says anything, that'll be super suspicious. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, Bumbles and Nim, Dan and Bree were, uh, were like, yeah, we'll say something totally. And you're like, okay, cool. It's a teamwork test. Uh, who wants to be the lead? And Bree was like, I'll be the lead. And, and Dan was like, good. <laughs> and then he rolled and he got six successes anyway. Yeah. And then Brie could keep all of those successes. And then we just like totally like aced it yeah. and, and mouse didn't have to do anything. And it was really great. Uh, I just love that. I, I like the flavor moment of that, which is like, how did, how did Bumbles assist in that lie? And it was him breaking the ice at the end where he's like, whatever, we almost died. And everyone was like, that's hilarious. This guy's so charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they definitely like uh, they did a lot of the heavy lifting, so I could do uh, all the background work, and I loved it. Yeah, you guys worked as a very efficient team this time around. I liked it a lot. So, what about you? What was your favorite moment? It's it's when Covert was like, I've never seen an, uh, an airplane before, <laughs> <laughs> or I've never been on an airplane before. Uh, like, can I see the cockpit? And uh, as, as like a GM at first, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You have very low charisma and no points in con. <laughs> and then he pre-edged it and with a bunch of exploding sixes, got a shitload of successes, which was great because and when he did that, I had to be like, why would this woman let this guy into the cockpit? And it clicked in like this kind of beautiful moment where I very subtly hinted at like maybe... Maybe that captain was just a little bit racist <laughs> and was like, oh, this poor orc, he hasn't had the privileges of everyone else. He's he's never even flown before. I should put his mind to ease. He's probably from the orc underground because they all are. Oh, man. <laughs> and they've never flown before. That's so sweet. Yeah, of course. Come here. We're very, very inclusive here. <laughs> uh, just little microaggressions working in your favor. Yeah, Covert was, uh, was pretty great in that scene entirely like when he was so upset about his suit and like getting it all muddy picking yeah. up the other flight attendant I just everything about that scene was really great the whole thing the whole episode that was my favorite moment <laughs> the whole episode I loved it all yeah it was a really fun episode hopefully as fun to listen to as it was to play but I believe that is enough chatter. Uh, we, you guys are still in SeaTac, and you got to find your way downstairs and get the data you're looking for. Um, so, I mean, you guys, you guys aced it on the way in, right? Nothing can go wrong. Of course, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> uh, so let's move on in and listen to Series 5, Episode 5, Red Level Clearance. Enjoy. It started how it always starts. New team, new Johnson, new job. Except this time, it was different. First, the runners. You got Mouse, tiny sweet girl. More than a little funny in the head. But that doesn't matter much considering she's the best fragging decker I've ever seen. Then there's Kashmir. About as green as they come. Clearly out of his element. But when the cards were down, that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. 
Then you have Bumbles. Elf. Dryad. Uh, eccentric. If you're being polite, you command an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fragment city block. He's the kind of runner you hope you don't need on a job. But if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and, as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. The next runner called Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. Not a line of work, people are entitled to their secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. Had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers and Redman, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But it's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day one. After a while, we earned Brin's, I mean Pretty B's, trust. And he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman, according to my friend Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young, but he didn't really. It was all a ruse and in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us. We come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister Enna, an elf named Lario, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago, and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us. We could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help. Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work led by a madman called Hellion. It didn't take long before Hellion found out about us, and we learned that there was quite a lot that Widmore wasn't telling us. Like that Hellion was actually the not-so-dead Jason Black, the very one that used to run with Bryn. Hellion had turned on his old team, slaughtering them as he defected from Whitmore's cause, which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone. See, the funny thing about magic is, those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit, a toxic one. Uh, the spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. As he, Hellion had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most. Now the thing about AAA corpse is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket. Zurich Orbital Station. 
The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally, the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did! Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening earthward. But with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interfaced. That's right, for a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're Shadowrunners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job. And that's where I come in. This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else, to get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle. It was something else, an, an imperative. I have to try to make things right in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Bryn's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake. When we last left our Shadowrunning team, uh, they had um, been set on a job to break into the Seattle-Tacoma airport. Uh, they were doing this um, because they are on the hunt for a man named Isaac Boonin, who uh, was an Evo scientist until uh, several months back when he went missing. Public statement for that was, you know, general missing persons report. Um, and it's only now, so many months later, that uh, that the shadow community has kind of gotten wind that it was uh, it was an exfiltration. Now, Bryn isn't sure whether or not it's it was an exfiltration of Boonin's choice or if he was kidnapped. But what he does know is that it does seem like Boonin was set to be killed on the plane that he was going to board at 
the airport before he disappeared. Um, he never boarded the plane and instead went missing. And the uh, all of the footage and um, documentation surrounding all of this uh, has obviously been tampered with. Uh, so Bryn uh, told the team that it was time for them to uh, break into the Seattle-Tacoma airport, get through all of their extensive uh, security, and go into the data vault where the un- edited camera feeds would be stored. Uh, if they go there, they can hopefully see uh, what happened to Boonin on that day. So uh, they impersonated a flight crew of a private jet that they had chartered. They knocked out the crew, stole their clothes, um, made it into the administration level of, of the airport, um, and uh, Boomer uh, went a roundabout way into the administration level. Uh, Boomer has just entered. He's still separated from the team, but he's made it into one of the hallways um, and made it inside the Faraday cage, so he has regained communication with his team. The rest of you are still in the rec room. Uh, after the excitement with the toaster fire, the other crew that was in that room is starting to make their leave. They do have to go and uh, get on their plane and begin you know, pre-flight checks, get everything ready so that they can go uh, pick up their next uh, next set of passengers. Um, Mouse, you said you were going to try and get some marks on this host and uh, with your data tap that you put on one of the security terminals. Um, so go ahead and do that. Um, okay. Um, can I matrix perception for the device rating? Sure. Uh, nine. Uh, so this terminal is a uh, device rating six. Um, and, uh, you know that it is linked to the, uh, logistical host of, uh, SeaTac, um, a completely wired host, um, that is a uh, rating 10 host. Um, but as you are tapped in directly to this terminal, you only have to roll against it. And from your connection right now, you're unable to really see anything else. But I'll go ahead and let that roll carry over once you're inside the host to see what else you see. Okay, cool. Um, so I think I will go big. All right, you're going to go for three marks? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to edge that test. Okay, go ahead and re-roll your failures. Okay. So that is six hits. With six hits, you get three marks. Uh, yeah, so you have all three marks. Uh, you are able to enter the host in your AR. Um, in your little display, you know, you have the, the mock-up. It kind of looks like, a, you know, just like an airplane, uh, a little <laughs> airplane icon. And you just, uh, you know, you just drag your little mouse icon, your little Kreflin icon. And what's the icon for your newly developed agent? Blurry face. <laughs> okay. Uh, a blurry silhouette. You drag that in. You, you uh, and uh, all your algorithms uh, process, and you bing, bing, bing. Three marks. Okay. Cool. What do I see? Uh, you press on the the little plane icon. Uh, it spreads up into a bunch of different windows uh, that you can rifle around through. Um, uh, with your previous matrix perception, um, you are able to see. Uh, that this host has two spiders patrolling it, um, two live anti-hackers, um, as well as uh, one patrol ice scanning just everything. It has a whole giant suite of ice lying in wait, but 
the only active one currently is the probe ice and then the spiders themselves. Um, the two icons you see are uh, a turtle and a hare. Okay. And the probe ice is just standard probe icon. Nothing fancy there. Okay. Do I see the um, camera feed files? Yeah, yeah. You you can you can see that. Okay. So I'll I'll uh, drag my icon over there. Sure. And uh, my my agents, and I will um, set set my new agent to task. Sure. Uh, you drag your file over there. You kind of push aside the other swing screens and and widen the screen that is uh, is the. Uh, uh, like security footage. Um, it's actually like tons and tons of smaller screens that you can like, you know, uh, look through. Um, and you do notice, um, that there's like a little icon flashing there that's showing that, uh, there's a, a drone, a drone port coming in. And, uh, what it's, what you see as that, as that footage comes in, um, those drones that are out surveying everything, they don't have a direct line into here because of the Faraday cage. Um, but, uh, Uh, but it seems that they're programmed, if there's any incident whatsoever, to immediately beeline for a hardline connection to the to the security uh, to this security personnel to let them see not only the fixed camera view of that incident, but also the drone view, and then other drones move into move into place to cover uh, the vacant area. Um, so you see uh, not only the fixed footage, but also the. Uh, uh, the like three drones, like moving footage of um, someone who seems to have collapsed outside <laughs> uh, in the uh, in in the the hallway, um, and all of this basically happens uh, over the course of like thirty five seconds. You're able to achieve all of this, um, and you said you wanted to edit footage, yeah, um, because what you also see <laughs> currently. Just because you're looking at that footage, you're able to look like look at the footage. You know, there's the cameras pointing at that door, which is currently unattended because that guard has moved over to check on that person. And then you look at the cameras on the other side of that door, and you see Boomer standing there <laughs> as he's as he's going, "Hello." <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get on that. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna roll some edits and try to remove Boomer from this camera feed. Yeah. Um, but you're making your agent the primary on this. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and roll that up. Four. So it uh, it fuzzes out. Uh, luckily, you are acting against the device that you are currently attached to. Um, so you are able to get a, a, a direct line into the cameras. No problem. You can bypass all the host's defenses. And uh, a Boomer disappears. Do I have an indication that this won't do for the long term? It might not. Uh, you, you, you know, you have a good idea. You like, you have a reading of how bad it is. You can look at the camera feeds. It's not bad. There's like, but like the loop isn't very good in that. And you feel like, you know, as far as like moving around and stuff, like it, it might, you might run into some problems where someone sees some of the glitchy, like aspects of the the footage and decides like, let's check into that. Okay. So I think I'm going to take over. Okay. So you're going to, uh, drop your, you're going to be like, all right, Mr. Agent. Nice try. And then you're going to you're going to try and edit it yourself. Yeah. OK. Nine. OK. So you send your agents to edit the file. 
Uh, you can see that it's like just a still image of an empty hallway. It doesn't look very good. There's like it's kind of shaky a little bit even. Uh, and you're like, well, that's not going to do. Uh, so you pull your agents off the job. Boomer reappears for a split second. And then you uh, you go in and like tweak the cameras yourself. And with a couple flicks of your fingers, uh, Boomer disappears nice and clean. Okay. Um, I need you to roll sleaze and intuition for me as the uh, probe uh, ice uh, icon kind of like seems to like move over to the uh, camera feed area that you are and just kind of like scan it all. Am Boomer, I-, I need you to roll uh, stealth for me. Like a damage resist. I got five. So, um, Boomer, you get the you get the okay from Mouse saying like you know you're you're covered on the cameras, um, and uh, right as that happens, um, the hydraulic door that is closing behind you shuts very loudly, and uh, you feel like maybe someone might have heard that. I'm gonna find a place to to hang out, hide. Okay, I'm gonna hide. Sure. We're gonna hide. <laughs> uh, roll a perception test for me. Uh, and Mouse, what did you get on your sleaze and intuition? Three. I'm gonna edge it. Okay. Six. Uh, yeah, Mouse. Uh, it scans, <laughs> and then like you see it actually do the um, do the animation of like identifying you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it like locks onto your uh, little mouse icon, mm-hmm. and then like there's like a fuzzes out, and it goes back to its normal scanning protocols. Uh, Boomer, what'd you get on your perception test? Five. Um, so the door you're in is in like a little short hallway that like connects to uh, two other halls or to another hallway that you could go left or right in, um, and uh, you hear footsteps coming from the right. So you go to the left. Um, I'm going to need you to roll another stealth test for me. Um, and because Mouse is, is editing the cameras, she can give you kind of directions to where they are. Or at least where you should maybe go. Yeah. Another five. So with Mouse's assistance, uh, Mouse, basically now you ha- that you have access to all the cameras, you can kind of see the layout of the logistical level. Um it's kind of like a mesh of hallways almost um, all centrally located around the security hub in the middle, um, which can be accessed from two different sides of that room. Uh, a bunch of glass uh, walls that when you press on them kind of like rotate sideways so you can walk through and then shut behind you. And uh, uh, Boomer is not too far from you guys, but uh, with your help, letting him know where the guards are and stuff like that. Um, he is, he is able to uh, duck around where all the guards are and get to you guys whenever you want him to okay what are you guys doing you're still sitting in the rec room um so i need uh i need the admin list okay it is encrypted are there any data bombs uh you rolled a very good matrix perception before uh there is a data bomb that if you if you don't crack the data bomb it will uh explode it, it will damage you it won't destroy the file um but it will alert uh okay. it, it will alert uh, the security personnel that there is tampering going on. It is a rating six data bomb. Okay, so over the DNI, I'm going to ask you guys, I can try and take the data bomb off and then edit the list for the admins and make one of these guys our admin um, people, like the people that we have and know and stuff. Um, 
or we could go up to the panel and just try to like open it <laughs> with like a little bit of like zap um or something i can try to tell it the door to just open which i haven't looked at its controls yet but i don't know how quietly i can do that because i'm pretty busy at the moment do you do you think you could uh direct me to that door and i can open it she can definitely direct you to that door i can definitely direct you to the door i don't know if the security is on it let me go look <laughs> yeah i mean like i said before you there's enough of a, of a mesh of hallways there that are like are designed specifically to be like a maze almost if you don't know the direct route you can get lost in it very very easily but because you have access to the cameras you can very very easily move boomer along and get him to wherever you want with the stealth roll that he rolled before. Assuming it's not like something crazy, like sneak into the room full of security. Like, no, I meant like, like how, like the controls on the door. Like, is it a mag lock? Oh, or? it is a mag lock and a retinal scan, just like all the other doors. Okay, because don't, don't worry about what's on the door. <laughs> okay, um, okay. I we're all going though, right? We're not just us. Like, like not just Boomer. Do you have any footage from inside here from earlier that maybe we could scope out, you know, what the administrators look like, at least, to see what they're wearing? I think if we walk in there in flight attendant uniforms, it's going to be pretty obvious. Sure. Yeah, you have access to uh, the hard drive hasn't been wiped in two months. So you have two months worth of footage. Uh, You're going to need to roll another matrix perception test to see how quickly you can find footage of someone going through that door. Seven to look around and see what's going on in the matrix. Uh, yeah, you fast forward through stuff, uh, and with like you and Bumbles and Nim all like just staring at that one camera waiting, uh, you guys are very easily able to just be like there <laughs> and stop. And you see, uh, you see uh, someone walking through. They have like a a suit on, a briefcase. Um, it is a male human uh, walking up to the door. Swipes the card, light shines in his eye, it opens up, and he walks into the hallway. You definitely notice that you don't have any visual on inside the red level hallway. What do you think? Well, it's a good thing Boomer has his nice suit on. (laughs) I told you it'd come in handy. It occurs to me that there's those mobile gun turrets on the other side of that door, and a lot of cameras. So you need to find something on the other side very quickly, right? Uh, probably. Would the turrets be acting on what readings they got from the door, or would they scan the faces of everybody and then decide whether or not to engage from there? Do you have a knowledge skill that has to do with security? No. Mouse might be able to answer that question. Mouse, I need you to roll your knowledge skill in security design. Uh, at a minus two? Yes. Okay. Neat. Three? All right. With three hits, uh, you're pretty sure that the, you basically there's two options. The drones are either automated or being controlled directly. If the uh, drones are being automated, they are probably using facial recognition uh, and or other things like RFID scans or something. Some kind of recognition or multiple recognitions to make sure that like at least one of them checks out before they shoot the gun. Um, uh, and ultimately what they'll do is, uh, 
uh, no matter what, if the gun sees somebody, it will, uh, it could like, the first step in its protocol would be like alert of movement, you know, that kind of thing. Um, does that answer your question, Boomer? Yes. Okay. Is there anyone walking around the hallways right now that we can see on the cameras? Like not a not a flight attendant, not a security, anyone who looks like they they're not in in uniform. Uh, no, no. Right now, you just see security personnel and uh, flight and tarmac crew. Doesn't seem to be an administrator in the building right now. Well, I think short of finding the uh, the connection point where the next vault makes contact with this host, we have to get through that door. As shitty as whatever's on the other side is, I didn't bring anything to tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we all should just go. I agree. All right. Uh, everyone Good. roll edge for me. Uh, I can also get the door open if, uh, Nim, if you want to take the guise of the important person. Go in and see if that doesn't set anything off. I don't uh, know what I'm supposed to look like. Well, you do issue. have footage of one guy going in a couple months ago. Oh, we can see his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You see, like, you can backtrack when, like, watch him walk in, say hi to a bunch oh. of people, glad hand a little bit, and then walk up to the door. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start over here. Uh, Boomer, what did you get on Rolling Edge? Zero. Okay. Uh, Nim, what'd you get, Rolling Edge? Hit. Yeah. One hit. Okay. Bumbles? You should come to me last. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse? Zero? I'm very busy. Okay. Uh, so, Bumbles, I'm assuming you got a one? I rolled a one. Okay, so, okay. I critically glitched Edge. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um... Uh, so, so what you notice is that, uh, you do not have a clear path by any means to get to that door now. Um, Boomer is, is approaching it. He's on a clear path for the most part. Um, but, uh, the three of you in the, uh, rec center, uh, as you step out into the hallway, uh, clearing yourself from the cameras, uh, with Mouse's editing, um, uh, you're going to have to sneak, um, to, to get to that door. Otherwise you'll be spotted. Um, Nim, are you switching yourself around? Yeah. If we could have seen like that guy well enough, not just kind of the back of his head as he went through the door, mm -hmm. then I definitely would cast fashion for the suit and, and disguise my face. Yeah. Go ahead and roll both those up. What uh, force are you casting fashion at? I'll cast it at force five again. Okay. That's five hits. Cool. So you get three net hits. Uh, because you're looking through a camera feed, there might be some details you miss here or there. Like maybe it's embroidered on the on the cufflinks. You can't tell, but you think you got a pretty good copy of like that guy's suit. You maybe even change it like to a slightly different suit just to make it so it doesn't look like exactly the same. Uh, you're like, eh, this one's pinstripe. Uh, <laughs> um, and now roll disguise to uh, shift yourself into that guy. Uh, so mouse and bumbles as you guys step out into the hallway, you see uh, Nim kind of like. Uh, 
move her hands like uh, from above her head like down to like uh extended beside her um pointing downwards and with those mo- uh, with that motion her uh uniform kind of splits and cuts itself and starts wrapping itself around to make a, a very nice business suit that she is now wearing and her uh, face and hair begin to shift six hits for disguise all right cool you have a rating six disguise as this guy um and she turns into the person you saw on the camera feed. Ah! Rutabaga. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to need uh, sneaking rolls from Mouse, Bumbles, and Nim. Uh, who's going to be the primary on this? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Okay. So mouse is the primary, um, Nim and Bumbles. How many hits did you guys get? I got three hits. Uh, I got one. Okay. So mouse, you can add four if your skill is four. Eight. <laughs> mouse is very good at urban sneaking, as we all know. Very good at urban sneaking. <laughs> uh, so Mouse is kind of holding on to uh, uh, Bumbles' uh, uh, like belt uh, from behind as she's directing everyone uh, because her vision is basically completely filled with a ton of different camera feeds, both the uh, edited ones that she is maintaining and the real live action ones that show you guys. And uh, with her uh, direction... Um, you guys are able to like duck around corners and wait and like, you know, uh, run the other way. Uh, and, um, you actually are able to bypass, uh, three guards that were all like kind of crossing in your path at that moment. Um, and you all managed to like zip and, and duck around them. And, uh, with mouse's direction, you guys arrive at the door about the same time that boomer, uh, arrives and the team's reunited. All right, mouse ready. Uh, for what? <laughs> <laughs> she says, pushing seven camera feed screens away so she can look you in the face. Uh, well, I'm going to open this door. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll stand at the front so the cameras behind the door can see me, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I hope this works. All right. Uh, so how are you guys popping open this door? I got some specialized tools. And some specialized knowledge. All right, roll locksmithing. Uh, you guys have stim patches in case this doesn't work, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have an auto dock. Great. Oh, okay. In case it doesn't work, she says. I hope there's no acid. Okay, so you say that, and that's, that's a name of ice as well. And so it's really scary when you say that because it melts your. Never mind. Don't. It's. Stop. It, it's scary for me, too. Everyone, trying to focus. Okay, so do I need to make two separate rolls? One for the card, one for the uh, How about, panel? Uh, for this purpose, have the efficacy of your card reader, and we'll count it as one roll. Uh, yes, Mouse can tell you it's device rating six. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, edging six. Uh, yeah, so uh, Boomer uh, pulls out his card reader, sets it up, uh, and, uh, at the same time that he swipes that, uh, that fake card through, um, he's popped open the retinal scanner and tweaked it. Um, there's a pop of, of electricity as he does. And, uh, the door 
opens up. Uh, and on the other side, you guys see a hallway uh, with dim red lights. Cool. And no turrets, you say? No turrets. Good. Yep. I will step into that hallway. Is there more? Um, can I matrix perception? Like, as soon as the door opens? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it part of the Faraday cage or is uh, it a new part? You are, you, it's this hallway, uh, mouse, you, you shoot out a matrix perception, you look around, you guys look around. This hallway is completely unmonitored. It's like an airlock. This is my favorite hallway now. <laughs> I go in. Uh, and, uh, you see that it, it, uh, it, it goes for a, about 50 feet and right smack dab in the middle is a, is an elevator dock. Okay. And as you step in and the door shuts behind you. I make sure that, like, the door opening and close. Like, as it's shutting, I'm, like, still editing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as soon as it shuts, uh, you lose connection to uh, to your data tap on that host. And you have no marks. Okay. So there's, so there's no wireless signal, is what you're saying. Correct. But there could be wired things. Yes. In fact, you walk up to the elevator, and it also has a key card and retinal scanner. One second. Um, before you bash it, or do... I don't understand how most of you do your jobs. Before you do your thing, Boomer, um, is there any reason for Mouse to not do that? All right. I mean, you connect onto it. It's it's a rating 10 uh, wired host. Okay. The devices, so. too? No, no. It's connected to a rating 10 device. It's... It's a device rating six, just like all okay, the other ones. Cool. And it's connected to a different rating ten. This one is called Red Clearance. This host. Okay, I'm gonna do the same thing I did, and on the other host, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get get three marks. Sure. And then, um, and then go and make sure that there's no camera feeds. If there are, edit the file. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, you were going for three marks, yeah? Yeah. You got them. Cool. Uh, and when you get in there, uh, you notice one uh, probe ice poking around um, and a giant suite of uh, of all of the other ice laying dormant. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and uh, no spider seems visible. Um, and also no cameras. Okay. Is there anything on this host? What's on this host? Uh, the elevator, <laughs> the, yeah, the elevator and, um, and then like an emergency, like drop the Faraday cage, send out an SOS, uh, okay. protocol. Cool. Do you call the elevator maybe? Oh yeah. I could call the elevator. Yeah. I'm not going to make you roll spoof <laughs> command. <laughs> you call the elevator. I call the elevator. <laughs> Bing. I didn't want to take, you know, boomers thing away from him. <laughs> No, it's okay. I understand. Do you want to hit the button, Boomer? Um, the other things you have, just to be clear on this host, there is like, you know, basically all of the normal like things like lights, alarms, like whether it be fire alarm or security alarm, anything like that. Um, the just the really interesting things is the controlling of the elevator and the uh, the SOS protocol where it drops the Faraday cage and contacts um, the primary security suite that there's been a breach. Can I actually really quick uh, change that uh, if this then that protocol on that so they can't call for an SOS should they need it? Sure. Uh, edit the file. Okay. 
That's five. Uh, yeah, you uh, you uh, managed to swap around the protocols there, set it up. Uh, I need you to roll sleaze and intuition as the probe ice that's poking around uh, checks for any weird stuff. I've called the elevator, right? Yeah, the elevator's opened up. You guys can walk in. Okay. Um, six. Okay. The uh, ice, uh, or you see its icon kind of like up here and like do its like waiting, waiting as it scans like, you know, anything around what you're, what you're fucking with and doesn't seem to notice you as the icon disappears again to go look at other files. Cool. And uh, you guys pile on the elevator and go down? Yeah. Uh, it goes down quite a ways. Longer than you would think, and then stops, bing, and opens up. Uh, and in front of you, you see a very large room, and there's several uh, about nine-foot-tall uh, terminals um, that make uh, a bunch of um, corridors going left and right, um, and... Uh, there is a walkway directly a pa- there is a pathway directly in front of you that seems to go straight to the end of the room so it's two rows of terminals each one's 9 foot tall by like 6 foot wide and you can and they just go the length of the room all the way back which uh you would say is about 60 feet and you hear a la- as soon as the door opens up you hear a loud humming um, and looking up, you see uh, tracks for the different uh, turrets, mm-hmm. um, and that humming is like pretty like like uh, overbearing, and uh, you hear lots of like servos and stuff like. <laughs> um, but you don't is, see any turrets at this exact moment. Is there an elevator panel on the outside of the elevator? Yes. I hook a data tap to that shit. Okay, it's the same thing that Mouse already has <laughs> access to. Well, all right then. <laughs> is there another panel, perhaps, in this room, very close by? Uh, I mean, there's tons of, uh, like, there's panels to access all of these large terminals, um, which Mouse, just knowing, you know, Matrix and technology as you do, you know that these are large data vaults. Yeah. But, like, something we could just sort of even from inside the elevator, perhaps out of line of sight, of the room, just sort of reach around <laughs> and data tap. No, no. If you guys... Anything I can dive, roll, and data tap. <laughs> Mouse has enough knowledge to understand that she has access to whatever host is down here. Anything else is individually a device. Yeah. Not running wirelessly. Okay. So each terminal is its but- own thing, and, uh, and the, uh, the drones run on their own. Right, so there's not one labeled like turrets. No. <laughs> no, the, the are, they're actually labeled with date brackets. Oh, okay, that's rather helpful. Cool. So um, I forgot to tell you. So they can't call out for help. I kind of stifled that protocol um, when we were upstairs. That's good. So um, that's really good. Uh, but I don't have any way to control the turrets without like hacking each and every one. Um, and I don't... So we put a data tap on the vault you need, and then we just run away from them so they don't see us? Wait, the the turrets are operating on facial recognition, right? So I can put the data tap on the vault that we need? I don't... Yes? I don't know. I... Uh, it could be that 
only people are allowed down here when they're scheduled down here, or it could be just anyone at any time. Um, I don't really know what the answer is to that. And there are supposed to be people down here, but I don't see any. You guys still standing in the elevator? Not when you say it like that. <laughs> 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 the elevator starts going back up. I keep the door open. Uh, everyone roll perception for me. Uh, Nim, what did you get? I got five because that's my limit. Uh, Bubbles? I got five as well. Mouse? Four. And Boomer? Four. All right. You're all able to hear as the uh, the there's like a coming closer. Uh, Bumbles, you're pretty sure that's the sound of a turret drone moving on a track towards you. Also, those of you who got five hear footsteps and they are heading towards you guys as well. Casually, but heading towards you. Uh, okay. Yes. Just thinking on my feet, we sort of like duck back into the elevator so they can't see anyone in here without investigating. And when they come in, we hit them over the head. Why don't you let me try to distract them? And then. No, you're right. That's better. Yeah. And (laughs) if it goes south, just have my back. I turn on my electro, uh, my electric weave. Sure. I start assembling my drone. Okay. Oh, I, do you want your stuff? I'm wearing the only weapon I have. Oh. Yes, I do, though, because they're a swarm. <laughs> yeah, if you get the fly spy, yeah. Uh, uh, and a noisekito in there. Yeah, yeah, a fly spy and a noisekito. Uh, you have that and your uh, walker drone, which you are currently assembling. Right. Uh, roll an armor test for me to assemble that quickly. Um, I'd like to cast improved reflexes before I step out of the elevator, just in case. Sure. What force are you casting it? Force four. Okay. I need a minute. <laughs> As it stands, I have critically glitched on assembling this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you either edge it to turn it into a glitch and possibly make it worse. Yes. Or you just take a critical glitch. Yes. Which one do you want it to be? This is one of those things where it's like, how bad is it really if I just royally fuck up putting a drone together? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just royally fuck up assembling a drone. Okay. Um, Nim, what did you get on your improved reflexes? I got four hits. Cool. So your initiative is appropriately uh, increased, which will be useful. Um, <laughs> so you guys are getting ready. Uh, uh, Mouse, you know, you've scanned the matrix. You're feeling pretty confident. Uh, you're sitting there waiting for the team to move in. You're like at the back of the elevator. Uh, Nim, you're at the front getting ready to go. Um, uh, you're like, you know, psyching yourself up, ready to step out and act like this person that you have no idea who he is or how he talks or even what his name is and what his what he does down here. He might just be an accountant. You're completely unsure. Um, and uh, Boomer, you're uh, you're kind of like flanking Nim, getting ready. And, and uh, Bumbles, you're like in the middle, uh, quickly trying to assemble your drone. Um, I'm going to roll a d6. Nim, you are one to two. Mouse, you are three to four. And Boomer, you are five to six. <laughs> Who was three to four? I got a four. Me. Okay, Mouse, I need you to roll an armor test for me. An armor test? <laughs> What's the armor piercing of your drone? Oh, no. <laughs> so minus five. Yeah. So body plus armor minus five. I got six hits. Uh, Mouse, you take seven physical damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> as... Uh, Bumbles is hurriedly, he's taken off his glasses and like his cufflinks and uh, his like tie clip and he's putting it together to assemble his little walker drone. Um, and he just 
fucks up and like and it just I drop it. it yeah you drop <laughs> it and it just goes off and shoots mouse in the gut um this kids is why we don't play with guns <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a loud bang as uh as the gun goes off i need everyone to roll initiative <laughs> uh boomer what'd you get for initiative 22 uh nim 19 um mouse 14 uh bumbles 21 okay so um there's obviously a commotion uh there's a uh, uh shouts from inside the uh the vault mm-hmm. um and uh down a ways about 30 feet away you see someone step into that that uh pathway between all the all the data terminals um and then uh right by you guys another person steps into view they're both heavily armored and security armor um they're holding uh, machine guns, and uh, you're in the front. <laughs> Help! These ruffians captured me. Ooh, um, we are not here. They do see. Shoot him! Shoot him! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already I got. I got it. You're right. They they, they recognize you. So roll. Uh, your your disguise was six, right? Yeah. Roll, roll uh, impersonation for me. That's six hits. Uh, you see as the um, uh, the one with the machine gun down the ways, uh, he goes, get down! He shouts that to you. Um, I'll dive. <laughs> and... Uh, he uh, he pops off instead of like a widespread into just like lighting the entire elevator up. Uh, he shoots at Boomer. Did I fall over when I got shot? Uh, how much damage did you take? Seven. Seven. What's your physical limit? Four. You fall over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on the right. ground. Okay. I'm gonna go full defense. Okay. Okay. Eight. Boomer, you are hit. All right. What's the what's the damage? Uh, so I need you to resist 11 damage at minus 6 AP. Jesus. Uh, while this is happening, uh, Bumbles, the one that has uh, approached nearby, he uh, grabs Nim and kind of pulls her off to the side. Not like really, not like fully grabbing onto you, more like shoving you out of the way and swings a stun baton at uh, at Bumbles. He has, he, he has dropped his uh, machine gun. It is now slung behind his back. Uh, I got three hits. Uh, so you get shocked a little bit, but you don't take any damage. Ow. Uh, <laughs> your initiative does drop and you are at a minus one, uh, because your, your body's like tingling. Is the, is the guard between me and Bumbles? You're more to the side. He's Correct. not completely interposed between you and Bumbles. Okay. I, I want to DNI to Bumbles. Bumbles, take me hostage. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Um, Boomer, These things take time. <laughs> Boomer, what'd you get on your uh, damage resist test? Uh, eight. Okay, so Boomer, you take three stun damage as the shot uh, soaks into your very fine suit that also is very well armored, and uh, and like like you feel like one of your one of your like ribs fracture as you're like ooh. Oh, something. not this again. <laughs> Bumbles, you are actually up next. Okay, just a quick inventory. Who has a gun here? Uh, Boomer has a gun. Okay. Um, he he smuggled one in. Right. Um, the guards have guns. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not relevant, really. 
Uh, and you look down, and your drone broke apart when it hit the ground. It's not broken. It's just in pieces. It's just you have you would have to reassemble it again. So the one gun we have amongst the four of us is Boomer's. Yes. Boomer should have his gun. Yeah, I grab the parts of m- my gun. Sure. And snap them together. Yep. And then I grab Nim and put the gun to his head, because he's a dude now at the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I shout, everybody just calm down and this guy gets it. <laughs> ah! uh, I really roll... need you to sell this one for me, Nim. <laughs> <laughs> roll intimidate for me. Oh, that's not good. That's real bad. <laughs> Can I assist with performance? Uh, yes. I have no rating in intimidation, so... Oh, so you cannot, um, because... Because uh, because he can't take any dice from anyone because he's defaulting. Yeah. It might go fine. <laughs> I'm going to use my one edge. Oh, no. Okay, let's see if you get some bad luck here. I do not. Okay, okay, that's good. I will now re-roll all of the dice I rolled. <laughs> right, so no hits. No hits, okay. Um, yeah, they don't seem to be standing down. Um, I do put Nim in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did dive out of the way for Boomer, so kind of deserve it. Sorry. Uh, Nim, it is your turn. Awesome. I want to cast Agony on the guy with the gun. Okay. For six. Okay. Six hits. I resist a drain. You resist all of it? Nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you're reaching out, struggling against Bumbles, uh, and, uh, uh, you send some, uh, you send some mana out, and, uh, the guy down the way with the, with the big gun out, I mean, they both have big guns, but one is just swinging at, uh, swinging at people with a stun baton right now. Um, the guy with the machine gun, uh, he drops to one knee, uh, and lets out, like, a shout of pain as you rack, uh, his aura with, uh, with pain, um, he is still standing, but he is in a lot of pain. Um, when you did that, Nim, though, you felt like a little bit of resistance, um, and uh, and you're not exactly sure what that was about. Um, but it becomes pretty obvious as a third person steps into view. Um, Wearing the same kind of armor, it's an elf male. Um, he has a bunch of earrings up both of his long ears, um, and uh, uh, he steps and sees you. Um, he doesn't seem to see you though. Man. He's not like really. He didn't like. He wasn't there to see who cast what spell. He just knows there's a mage somewhere, um, and uh, he stops and looks at you guys. And as he does, he also swings his hand, and um, uh, the uh, air next to him kind of like shapes and you see this uh this water elemental kind of like come out of the air like first it was like this kind of humidity like wave that like coalesced into like a a floating like uh form of water um and uh that's that guy's turn and boomer you're up uh there's a guy right in your face swinging a stun baton at uh bumbles uh, 30 feet down, there's a guy with a machine gun who just dropped to one knee and shouted. And in between the two of them, about 20 to 15 feet, something in that range, um, there is what is obviously a mage uh, who has just summoned a water elemental. I DNI to Boomer. Boomer, my belt is a very large bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... 
I'm going to take Bumble's belt off. <laughs> I'm going to roll it up and chuck it. Wait, wait. The, uh, no, no. You do a thing before then. I assumed you sent him my bomb. Is, my my my, uh, my belt is a bomb. Turn. Uh, right. You're going to want to turn it a third of the way to the right for a second and a half fuse. So do I need to roll to throw the bomb? Yeah. Where are you throwing it to? <laughs> The mage, right the in mage. the middle of the three with the, <laughs> by the mage and the elemental and the two gunners. Okay. And then to everyone, oh I and I duck, 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 duck. <laughs> I'm already on You're the holding me, right? So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so roll uh, thrown weapons. Uh, this is non-aerodynamic. Uh, also, it's not meant to be really be thrown, so take a minus one at least. It's not that hard to throw, but it's not designed to be thrown. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save that point of edge three. Okay. Uh, it lands exactly where you want it at the feet of the mage, at the uh, the foot of the mage, uh, who looks down. At <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it goes kaboom. <laughs> what the? Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you, Bumbles? <laughs> so I need uh, everyone to roll. Uh, Before it explodes, can I? Can I get in front of uh, the other two and, like, hug them and protect them from the blast? Uh, if you want to spend a point of edge to protect the principal and grab uh, Bumbles and Nim, uh, I will allow you to do that. It will greatly increase the amount of damage you take and only marginally decrease the amount of damage they take. But it will decrease the amount of damage they take. Will protect Mouse, too? Uh, yeah, I'll allow it to okay. protect Mouse, too. I'll do it. I mean... It's still, everyone's still going to be getting hit by this, but Boomer is lessening some of it and putting a lot of it on himself. Oh, God, this is my last point of edge, too. I'm, I might go down. Boomer, I need you to resist uh, 20 at uh, minus 2, um, and uh, everyone else, you are resisting 10 at a minus 2. Boomer is uh, is taking a lot, of this, uh, a lot of this and putting it on himself. At least the other guy's gonna be dead. Um, oh, you think I's fucked? Uh, that's at that's at a d decrease of damage from sixteen feet. Yeah, I only got five to resist that. Uh, Boomer, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is a pretty wild and stupid plan. Take a point of edge. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna edge that on my roll so I don't go down. <laughs> also going to edge. Okay. Bumbles, how much damage did you soak? I soaked I soaked six damage. You take four stun damage. As I fall down, I think, I'm so sorry I shot you, Mouse. This is beautiful. <laughs> uh, Nim, what did you get? I soaked six as well. Okay, then you are taking four stun damage. Uh, Mouse, what did you get? Four hits. Uh, then that's uh, six stun damage that you take. Uh, is everyone still conscious? <laughs> oh yeah, Boomer. I, Boomer, what did you get? I resisted seven of the twenty. Thirteen physical. Okay. I go down. All right. <laughs> but you don't die outright, right? Oh no. But what about the rest of the people in I, this room? I gotta roll something real quick. <laughs> uh, I really hope you didn't blow up the server needed. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, Boomer tosses this, uh, this bomb and then moves and hugs both Nim and, uh, Bumbles, uh, kind of pulling them down, uh, to the ground, uh, kind of laying on top of everybody. 
Um, and there's uh, uh, the mage looks down, and then there's just just big explosion. Uh, you hear like many things explode. Uh, the the servers, like a bunch of servers flying all around. Um, uh, you hear like. Uh, screaming, um, and uh, actually, all of you feel the full weight of Boomer on top of you as he goes unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so heavy, <laughs> and uh, and your ears are ringing with the sound of the explosion. Uh, all of you just feel this concussive blow, just like slam you into the ground. You thought Boomer landing on top of you was really heavy, and then there's just this like fucking. It feels like you got hit by a truck. And you get pushed into the ground and like the wing gets knocked out of you. And for a second, you're just too disoriented. Like it takes you like a little bit of time to like finally gasp in some air. And when you do, it's like sooty and hot and like full of ash. And uh, and like you manage to like push Boomer's limp body off of you enough so that you guys can sit up and take a look. And you see just a bunch of the the data terminals leading up are like shattered and blown away and melted um and uh you see the area where the mage was (laughs) (laughs) you don't know where he is anymore i know (laughs) but like there's like a slight red tinge to the uh to the like burned sooty parts of that area uh the dude who was coming at you guys with the baton he is uh laying awkwardly against the wall like his like body kind of like grossly leaning against like or slammed against the corner of the elevator which is trying to close on him uh, <laughs> and uh, uh he's got like a bunch of blood like down his uh down his head uh from like the concussion of uh the concussion of hitting the the wall there um but he is breathing and unconscious um and the explosion seems to have gone f- pretty far back um but not all the way back because it was more, it wasn't even like centrally located in the room. So many of the servers leading to the back are like singed, but not destroyed. Um, I'd say like the front half of all the servers completely destroyed. And then like the first part of the back half is like damaged, but not destroyed. And then beyond that, they're maybe a little singed, but they seem to be operational. You also, there's still that loud humming sound of like, of the room. Um, and the other sound you hear is just loud screaming, just agony. Um, and uh, you see the guy with the big machine gun who is 30 feet away from you guys. Um, he is laying on the ground, um, clutching his arm like it's not there, but it's definitely there. And like and rolling on the ground, shouting out in pain. Uh, Nim, you can recognize this as the work of your spell, actually. Um uh, he would normally not actually be unconscious. Uh, but because of your agony, he is experiencing such pain, but is unable to become, un- uh, unable to become unconscious because his physical body is actually not that damaged. Um, he's not like he's covered in like, he's like burned and everything a little bit. Um, and, and, uh, but it doesn't seem like he actually has taken any physical damage. Uh, but he definitely got knocked back like five feet from the concussion and he's just standing there like being like, I'm dying. Ah! So if the spell wasn't on him, he wouldn't be unconscious. He would not be unconscious. Um, he has just a little bit more in his stun track and yeah, Boomer is very unconscious and, uh, heavily wounded. Uh, his, his suit is like 
blown to, to bits. He's got like shrapnel in him in his back uh, from like the servers exploding um, and like the fragmentation of like the, the bomb like kicking up off the like the ground, which does is a little bit fractured. Um, and, uh, so he's got like a lot of shrapnel in his back and, uh, he's super burned and, uh, does not look good. Um, what do you guys do? You're out of initiative. Um, <clears throat> I have a med kit. I'm going to take it out and med kit. Boomer. Boomer. All right. You sit up clutching your, your bleeding stomach from the gunshot wound, mm-hmm. feeling very dizzy from the force of the blast. I don't feel good. Um, you are going to be taking all the negative penalties of your wounds to do this. Yeah, I know. Um, so I'm going to uh, auto-inject a stim, uh, like auto-slap a patch on me, a stim patch on me. Sure. Your your auto-injector just hits you with some stims. Uh, you temporarily heal up six stun damage. Neat. Um, and then I'm going to take my med kit to Boomer. Okay. He's laying right next to you, so it's not too hard. Uh, Bumbles and Nim, what are you guys doing? This guy unconscious here, he's got a stun baton, right? Yes. I'm going to take it and peek out to find where the turrets that I am sure are probably not dead are. Uh, you look around, you see the da- the tracks on the ceiling are very, very heavily damaged. Cool and good. I'm going to take this guy's stun baton and whack the other dude with it. Okay. Um, you do that, he goes unconscious. Yeah, I do whack him until he becomes unconscious. <laughs> the first one doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will drop Agony, and I'll turn to Bumbles and say, well, I was going to use a Trank patch, but okay. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's three hits. So you managed to stabilize him. Oh, good. Okay. Um... And uh, Bumbles, the guy, is very unconscious. Uh, anyone else doing anything? Yeah. Uh, if I see that uh, Boomer's been stabilized, I'll come back over to cast heal. Okay. Uh, Mouse, you, you're sitting there with the... Is is the guy that's next to, like, that had the baton, um, can I stabilize him? Actually, no. He is, he is stable. Oh. He got, he got hit for stun damage, and it overflew into his physical, but he is not dying. Okay. Cool. Uh, so you, you check him with your med kit. Uh, he is stable, uh, injured, uh, and unconscious, but stable. Okay. Um, and as you do that, uh, Nim uh, kneels down next to uh, Boomer and uh, places her hands over his wounds, and they begin to glow. I'll cast it at 4-6. Okay. How many hits? Four hits. All right. Uh, Boomer, uh, you <laughs> regain consciousness as uh, Nim passes her hands over his wounds. Some of the shrapnel kind of falls out of him and the and the wounds seal up. A lot of the burns seem to like fade away as if they weren't there. Uh, his suit is still torn to shit um, and he is looking very rough. But... <gasps> oh, you fragus. Owe me a beer. Oh. Um, I'm going to go towards six months ago. Yeah, I was. I wanted to, after I stunned the one guy, start looking for the server we're here to find. Yeah, it's all the way at the other end, as far from the elevator as you can get. Um, so you guys walk all the way down there. There's uh, one server. Apparently what they do is like these servers um, get moved into the rows uh, after they've filled up. But there's like a, a primary server that is like the most recent stuff that is. Uh, that's, and as you get closer to it, that's where the, ru- ru- that's where the, ruring, the whirring is happening. Like, the, like a lot of the humming is coming from that as it is like, uh, as it is like drawing, uh, reconnecting and disconnecting and reconnecting and disconnecting from the main server. 
Uh, yeah, mouse, you catch up with Bumbles. Uh, you see the uh, the data terminal that is marked for uh, basically the past two years. I'm going to do first aid on mouse while she does her computer stuff. Okay. I am um, sure. So I will drop into hot sim. Okay. She, uh, she sits down next to the terminal, plugs in, and uh, goes limp uh, as you take the med kit from her hand. Nim, how did you do on resisting the drain of heal? I resisted all the drain. Cool, cool. So no mana headaches as you finish healing up Boomer. Uh, you help him to his feet. You see Bumbles and Mouse uh, down at the end. Mouse is sitting uh, plugged into the data terminal. Um, I got full hits on first aid. I'm so Mouse heals one physical. I'm very, very, very sorry you were shot by my gun when I dropped it. <laughs> very sorry. That's okay, Bumbles. It doesn't hurt that bad. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't hurt at all because right now because you are in VR. Uh, so when you dropped into VR, uh, you pop into the Matrix as your little mouse with uh, the hat and the feather and the rapier um, and all the like aching, sharp, awful pain of having a bullet in your gut and being slammed to the ground by a, a concussive blast of an explosion goes away and uh you feel okay um and uh in front of you in the matrix plugged in you see this uh digital version of this data terminal okay um i guess i will uh go big sure to get some marks how many hits did you get two i got one <laughs> <laughs> what it's true. This is the worst host in the history of hosts. <laughs> no, it's actually really good, but Mouse, you don't fuck around. You you see it, you come up, you see all the code, and you're like, nah. <laughs> After everything I've been through, nah, I'm not I'm not doing any finesse. I'm just gonna fucking bam. And you just uh, with as your uh, little mouse avatar, you just slash a hole open into this uh, into this data terminal and dive in. All right, what's in here? Uh, you walk in, and you are in basically it looks like the normal matrix. Um, in that, like, you are floating in, like, a sea of stars, and every star is, like, a terabyte of data. Okay. Um, you got one net hit, so you, uh, get, basically, it's like a net hit on a, it's like a hit on a matrix perception test, so you are able to, um, locate the files. They're very well organized. (laughs) (laughs) They're not, but, uh, all of them are encrypted. Um, they're organized by date, but they are encrypted and have, uh, rating five data bombs on them. Oh, yipes. Okay, cool. I'm going to disarm this data bomb. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say all of you can get a point of edge back for surviving that bomb. Uh, except for you, Boomer. You got yours for throwing the bomb. <laughs> um, I got four hits. Okay. Uh, you disarm the data bomb. Um, and I will decrypt. Sure. That's five hits. Uh, you're going to have to go at it again. Um, you tried to decrypt it and you can't. Um, so that's seven. All right. Your second attempt works fine. First time you're like, okay, so I may not be physically feeling the pain of being near death, but it's definitely sloppy, making me a little sloppy. And then you, uh, uh, you manage to uh, do it the second time. You crack the file. It's just... Tons and tons of data uh, from that date, uh, mostly uh, security footage. Um, okay. And uh, you can download all that easily enough. Um, and you guys can start making your way out. Mouse 
Yeah. Do you? Would you like some help? You you look like you're still pretty beat up. If if yes, <laughs> I'd like to cast heal on Mouse. Okay. What uh, what force? Uh, force six again. Okay. You're at a minus five. Two hits. All right, Mouse. You heal two physical. As you pop out of VR and you have the data, uh, and as you guys start making your way out, unless there's something else someone wants to achieve here. Is it possible for me to use disguise at all to make us look less beaten up? You can fashion. You can make the... You guys can... Yeah. I mean, you guys can take, like, a moment to, like, clean yourselves up and, like, fashion your clothes back to, like, not tattered. Like, it'll be a little tighter. The fa- A little bit of the fabric is gone, but you can make it work. You can, you can make it so there's, like, not lining in Boomer's jacket so that the outside looks good and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So do I need to cast fashion four times then? Uh, we'll just call it one time, uh, you'll take two more drain, uh, and you'll take a minus two. And that will be like the, the blanket fashion that you can, then you can fashion everybody. Okay. I'm gonna set the force at one, but use reagents to set the limit to six. Okay. I'm gonna edge that. Okay. That's six hits. All right, uh, so you guys uh, start moving in towards the elevator. As you do, Nim starts waving her hands around, and everyone's clothes kind of like unsew and resew themselves, and like the fabric like that is scorched, kind of like folds over to be like nicer fabric on top, that kind of stuff. And she manages to actually make your clothes look uh, look more or less how they did before, and then also just you know. Uh, uh, not super covered in blood and scorch marks. So I'm not in like a uniform anymore, or uh, am I? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll I'll put everyone back into their flight attendant or captain co-pilot outfits. Pilot sure. co-pilot. Sure. Um, go ahead and resist the drain. I resist all the drain. Cool. Uh, and you guys uh, step up onto the elevator. Uh, as you do, Mouse, you find the footage. Uh, that you've downloaded, you're looking through all the footage you've downloaded from that day. You find the the timestamp for where when Bunin was supposed to like board his plane, and you, you scrub through all of that. You're getting on the elevator, the elevator doors close, and you find the actual uh, you you find his face on one of the cameras. So you find that time you share the feed with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you see is Isaac Bunin uh, stepping out of his corporate issue limo. Uh, and then he stands there for less than a minute. Uh, he's just kind of standing there on the sidewalk, waiting. He's kind of like twitching and moving around a little nervously, but he's just standing there, looking around. Seems very vigilant. Uh, and then uh, a large black f- van flanked by two motorcycles uh, pulls up, and the side panel of the van opens up, and he willingly steps in, and the side panel of the van closes. Uh, and then they drive off. Uh, can everyone roll a perception test for me? Visual. I'm going to pre-edge this. Boomer, what did you get on perception? Four. Four? Nim, what did you get? I got three. Three? Okay. Mouse, what did you get? Five. Five. And Bumbles? I got six. All right. Uh, Bumbles and Mouse, both of you notice. Um, 
there's two motorcycles. You can't really see one of them because he's on the. It's on the. It's like flanking the other side of the uh, motorcycle or the other side of the van. You definitely can't see into the van. Uh, and the one motorcycle kind of pulls in. You don't get a good look at him. But the other motorcycle kind of like stops for a second when the van slows down so he can climb in. And you notice it is being uh, driven by a dwarf who has a katana slung over his back. And on the shoulder of his riding jacket is the symbol of the Mazashi clan. <laughs> uh, the boar jumping through the floral border. And then they <laughs> go driving off. Cool. Let's get out of here very quick now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume enough competence. You guys didn't give your hand away at the top. And when you get up there, no one seems to have felt any sort of tremor or anything from that explosion. You guys were far enough down that, uh, that no alarms seem to have been raised on the ground level. Uh, and you guys are skilled enough to pop out a door, make sure there's no one there and then book your way towards your, uh, towards your plane. And you guys can make a clean getaway. Can I edit our faces still? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, okay, yeah, cool. for the, for the sake of not having you roll a bunch of tests that you've already succeeded at in the past, I'm going to let you guys just kind of like make the dash to the door and assume you were able to do all the, all the appropriate steps you need to mask your, your trail as you leave. Cool. Um, and so as you guys are in the plane flying, uh, to wherever it is, you're going to take this plane. Oh, I mean, probably not, snow helmish. Yeah, yeah, because you got the you got the crew still in the in the cargo hold. Actually, when you guys get there, you probably have to knock them out again. They've woken up. They're all <laughs> tied up and gagged. Yeah, exactly. Boom is <laughs> very good at this. Um, uh, so you guys have to knock them all out again, uh, and then continue on your way to snow homish. And as you guys are approaching snow homish, uh, mouse, you get a message from an unknown number. Okay. It says, "I know who you are." I know what you are. Meet me at the attached coordinates alone tomorrow at midnight. I just want to talk for now. Don't bring anyone with you. Don't tell anyone about this communication. Failure to comply and the offer to talk is rescinded. And the next time I reach out to you will not be peaceful. Hmm. And that's where we'll end this session. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was awesome. Red Leader, you'll never believe what happened today. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.